Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. And it is a game day. The Rams are on the road in St. Louis. I'll have you covered with the pregame, extended pregame show starting at 6.15 tonight right here on 910 The Fan from our flagship studios Sports Radio 910 The Fan, while Robbie and Rodney are in St. Louis for this tilt against the Billikens. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is Rodney Ashby. What's going on, Rodney? Oh, not much, man. Sitting right here across from the ballpark in St. Louis, watching it snow a little bit and getting ready for what the Billikens call the Blizzard Whiteout Game, which is what they do for VCU when we come to town every year. And it usually fills up O'Shawbet's Arena. Rodney, I got to tell you, man, I, I miss you, big fellow, as I missed last game while I was in Vegas. Did you pick up a second job? I saw you on the call for Richmond UMass. <laughs> I did. You know, I, um, you know, Jay Burnham and I go way back when we used to call the games on TV for VCU, and he needed to, he needed a fill-in for his analyst, so I did the uh, game for UMass on the um, UMass-Richmond game the other night where UMass pulled out the, the big upset, Richmond's first home loss. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second because that really shook up the standings. Now you have Loyola, Chicago, and Dayton tied for first, Richmond in third, VCU in fourth, but the Rams control their own destiny. They hold the tiebreaker over Loyola, Chicago, and still have a game against Dayton and Richmond. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know this is going to be a tight race coming down the finish. Um, I think if you take a look at the conference strength of schedule, VCU's is, you know, I think second and and our last stretch of these seven games aren't, are not going to be easy, but I think that, you know, the Rams are playing well right now. We're kind of peaking at the right time. If we can keep playing that type of defense that we've been playing, you know, I think good things are going to happen for the Rams. So it's a big one tonight from St. Louis, VCU, the Rams against the Billikens. You know, what do you think is the difference between this St. Louis team and the one that VCU beat uh, about a month ago? Well, I think they're starting to play a little better, too. I mean, Sincere Parker was the Oscar Robinson Player of the Week last week. I mean, he can absolutely fill it up. And then, you know, they've got that shooter, Jimerson, out of Richmond, Virginia, the hometown Richmond kid that um, I think, you know, the joke going around was that he's staying in, uh, playing at St. Louis long enough to play with his son, um, <laughs> kind of like Ronnie James type thing. He's been there so long. But he can fill it up. He gets loose. He gets, you know, quick, gets the shot off quick and, um, he can fill it up, and he loves to play well against VCU. So I think those two guys are playing a little bit better. They just got back from their Philly swing where they played LaSalle and scored 102 points. Um, right. and, and then they lost to St. Joe's, but they scored 87 points in that game. So, you know, we're I think we're going to be able to score. The question is, are we going to be able to slow them down enough to get that come out with that W tonight? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what I think is the biggest difference between the St. Louis team that lost to VCU at the Seagull Center 85-61 to is that they've gotten better offensively as of late. You mentioned the 102-point game against LaSalle. So I do think it's going to come down to the Rams have to have another really good defensive effort. Good thing is they're coming off of a game and when they held Dayton to just 47 points. So it's going to be all about you know switching screens and having a high hand on guys like Jimerson. Yeah, and, you know, if you take a look back and look at the film of St. Louis when we played them the first time, it was kind of the coming out of Matt Shulga's defensive, um, you know, increased defensive efficiency. Let's just call it that um, for for a good term. So, 
he really took the Jimson um, matchup seriously, and then we switched him up so that he would get a couple different looks. We put everybody from Kwani to Zeb to, I mean, Michael Bell. We put a little bit of everybody on him the other, last game, but it was really Matt Shuga carrying the majority of the weight. And I'll be curious to see, um, you know, who we match up with him today. Um, but Max surely did a good job on him. It's like I said, kind of the coming out for him defensively for the Rams. Yeah, and he's one of our three captains alongside Sean Barstow and Zeb Jackson and Shoga leading the Rams in scoring this season. Uh, just under 15 points per game to go along with 4.8 rebounds, 3.8 assists, shooting an impressive 40% from the three-point line. Now, Rondi, there was some conversation earlier this week at the press conference about Shoga's shoulder, uh, but he should be good to go and be able to play through that pain tonight, right? Yeah, I would think so. I'm, I mean, look, everybody's kind of banged up a little bit this year, I, this time of the year in on every single team. So um, it, we, our bye week came at a good time. Um, so I think the fact that uh, we had a little bit more time off and a little bit more time for that to heal was a good thing. Um, but I know that he's practiced and he's ready to go. Every time I look at the box score at a VCU game this season, the big thing that step, uh, you know, stood out to me has been the bench scoring. The Rams have outscored their opposing team's bench almost every single game. A lot of that is Joe Bamisil and Toby Lawal. I mean, you're a guy that played for VCU, Rodney. How crucial is it to look up at the box score and see 20-plus bench points every night? You know, I think that's huge because, you know, we, we basically what we're doing is we've got seven starters. You know, that, that's kind of how Coach Coach Odom looks at it. And the fact that we can bring such a scoring threat off the bench in Joe Bamisell is, I, I tell you what, it is a luxury uh, to have that in your tool belt for sure. And I know that Coach, Coach Odom and his staff kind of look at the matchups, both who's coming off the bench for our opponents, who's playing more minutes. That depth has weighed people down. You even heard Coach Mooney mentioned it um, you know, in the post-game press conference when we beat them the other day, and you saw that saw Coach Grant tried to play less minutes, like Holmes, a few more less minutes in the first half, hoping that he would have the energy to go in the second half, trying to do that. That depth is playing playing havoc on some of our opponents, and there's, the conference notices it. But I know that the staff thinks a lot about how many minutes we can get these guys off the bench to try to get them effective. Rodney Ashby with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can hear him on the call tonight alongside Robbie Robinson tip-off just after 7 p.m. from St. Louis here on the fan. I did want to spotlight Zeb Jackson. You know, we mentioned there's three captains, Barstow and Shulga, and nothing against those guys, but I truly feel like Zeb has been the ultimate captain the way he plays on the court. Like, this is a guy that was almost averaging 17 points per game and out of conference play. In conference play, his points per game has dropped off, but he's been more of a leader. He only has three turnovers in the last six games. That's been huge for the Rams while also averaging more than three assists per game. So I think, you know, he's kind of really embodied what it means to be a captain at VCU. I totally agree. He's kind of settled into his row at his role, you know, in early in the season when we had Barristow out and some other guys injured or Joe not eligible, he had to play a different role. He was in more of a scoring role. And then when those guys became eligible and came back from injury, he knew that his role was going to shift. And as a leader, he took that and smiled and has no problem with it. I mean, he's the ultimate team guy. Um, 
and, and it's just he's always smiling. I mean, whether you're on the court or off the court, he's just always smiling. He's he's the kind of kid you want to see succeed, and um, I, I'm just so proud of him. And I tell you what, we're lucky to have him. You know, he transferred over with Brandon Johns out of University of Michigan, and we we didn't really know what we were getting, but I tell you what, we do now. And and he's been such a great leader and such a a key to our success so far this year. Christian Furman, I think he's going to be key to the Rams getting a road win tonight against Dayton. Just two of eight for five points, but all eight of the shots were very makeable, right around the basket. And I loved how, you know, early in the season it felt like he's hesitated sometimes with those shots. There was no hesitation, and he was going up against Deron Holmes. And so I just think Furman, keep shooting those short bunnies. They're going to eventually start to fall. Yeah, I think he needs to be a half a step in. And I think Holmes is pushing him out just a half a step to a step farther out than what he typically is more comfortable with. But I agree. Keep shooting him. We need to make those. It creates better spacing offensively when he can he can sink those and get in there and um, get those open shots. And they were wide open, too. So, you know, that was a scene that we found in that Dayton defense. And um, I think tonight, I, I agree, I think the bigs are going to have to play a big role tonight um, if we want to win. And then lastly, I wanted to mention Sean Barstow, who's just been you know, such a great point forward for the Rams. I mean, Rodney, can you kind of describe what it's like when you have a guy at, at that height be able to handle the rock and, and be a facilitator? Yeah, I mean, we really do have a luxury of anybody who rebounds it on the defensive end except for the wall and, um, and Furman can dribble the ball up. But when you've got a yeah. guy like um, – he creates so many matchup problems um, because he can really get to the basket. He's more athletic than he looks. Just, I mean, he's he's just still coming into his own. He's not a, he's not quite a hundred percent yet. He is a kid that is a what they call a multiplier. Not only is he a good player, but he makes everybody around him better. And he that's why he's been getting all these assists. And he just puts so much pressure. Um, you know, on the defense by being able to get into penetrate and almost creates a power play type situation in the paint when he comes in because people have to come help and he dumps it off. And look, if I'm Toby Lawal, I, I love a guy like that, right? He's Lawal gets two or three dunks a game because of him. Rodney, good luck on the call tonight, and we'll see you next week. Uh, before we let you go, though, every Friday I broadcast live from River City Roll in Scott's Edition. How's your bowling game? Man, I'll tell you what, I love that place. I take my kids down there sometimes before it gets uh, turns to the adult side, and I, it is a good time and a great place to, great place to take the kids, get a piece of pizza, you know, get some pizza, and, uh, you know, of course i got to show my kids who's boss in the household. Well, I'm glad that you're pretty good because we've been talking about doing a competition here at 910 The Fan. The two hosts, Michael Phillips and myself, against Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby. What do you think about that? Oh, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's make that. <laughs> awesome. We'll do it on a Friday where the, when the Rams are here in Richmond. That's Rodney Ashby. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. You're on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. I was just looking up the best dunk contest dunks of all time, trying to get myself a little juiced up 
for this weekend's dunk contest, NBA All-Star festivities from Indy. Uh, obviously, Spud Webb has to be on there. Vince Carter has to be on there. Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan. But I forgot about my guy, Nitty Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson, back in 2006, jumped over Spud Webb. I believe it was one of two or three slam dunk competitions that he won in a row. And then I was also reminded of Gerald Green jumping up. Stub, he blew out a candle that was sitting on the rim and then dunked the basketball. And it was just like the perfect combination of like style and athleticism. And that was one of my favorite from my childhood. Obviously, you got to bring up Dr. J as well. Uh, I got to remind JC, who's not here today, that Dr. J is not a doctor, but uh, I'm one of the greatest basketball players of all time. As we'll go around the NBA with Chris Miles on the fast break with AWOD coming up next. But right now, it's time for Play to Win. So Play to Win is a podcast that I used to host in Washington, D.C. It started as a radio host, my first shot on air with my two fellow interns, Andrew Passaro and Jeff Gilly. We then turned it into a podcast that we kept alive for a long time and obviously died down over the pandemic. But I brought it with me to Richmond. Play to Win highlights the best sports audio from around the sports world every week. My producer, Stubb, puts together his list. It's time to play to win. Play to win for us, Stub. What you got? All right. We're going to start with the winning team of the week, and I'm going to play a bit of audio. The Chiefs' kingdom has started <laughs> its own history class because for the first time in six in 19 years. Yeah, I mean, like, come on. They won the Super Bowl this week. Uh, <laughs> they're going to be the, the winning team of the week, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, you know, now – while we're at winning team of the week, I do think you got to give Shanahan loser of the week. I, I just, I still can't yeah. believe that he asked for the ball first. Like we, we played the audio of that yesterday where Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes were losing their mind. No, no, no. They actually wanted it first. You know, yeah. it's just, it's so funny looking back on it. Yeah. And that, and that ties into my sports tilt of the week, them firing their DC after that loss. It wasn't his fault. That was his first year. They got he got him to the Super Bowl, and then you fire him because of the head coach making a bad coin toss decision. I don't like it. Right. You know what people aren't giving the DC enough credit for is that Patrick Mahomes got the ball back with a minute fifty three seconds left, only needing a field goal. Well, they stopped him from getting in the end zone on that final drive. The whole time I thought they were going to score a touchdown and win in regulation. The 49ers forced overtime. DC gets no credit for that. They had the, the in the before overtime they held the Chiefs to one touchdown. That's a hard right. thing to do. Yeah. No for sure. All right. Now, uh this next one might be recency bias, but uh our player of the week. Recovered by Gabby Marshall. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? Caitlin Clark. It's a pretty good call. <laughs> Right? I mean, yeah. the bucket hitting the back of the net sounds great. That's such a good little bit of audio right there. So, yeah, had to give it to Caitlin Clark. 
highest scoring women's college player of all time on her way. Do you know how far she is uh, from men's? I, I have not. I believe it's less that. than 200 points, you know. So based on the, her points per game, should be, should be able to get it done in five or six games, honestly. Yeah, you put up I mean, 49. She scores almost 30, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, this next one is from you. Uh, I'll play the audio, but this is our buzzer beater of the week. There we go. Well, here comes Collins to trigger the inbound. Here is Xander Rice. And he'll hoist one up for the win. It's good! Xander Rice! A miracle three! So Xander Rice is the son of the head coach. John Fanta points out madness at Monmouth as they get the win with that half-court heave. He caught the ball with 2.3 seconds left, took three dribbles, put it up off the backboard and in. He's having an incredible final season and ends that game with a half-court buzzer beater. One of the wildest game-winning shots of the season. Had to play that audio on play to win. Yeah, all right. Next, we're going to go to the sports smile of the week. Something to make you smile. Out of the zone. Here's Ovechkin looking for the empty net. He got it. He scores. Alex Ovechkin, the goal streak alive. Ovi's killing yeah. it. He's on a six he streak. Or, yeah, six, right? Yeah. Yeah, six in a row. That dates back to the final game in January. And then the last five have been following the All Star break, in which, you know, he credited. Uh, you know his time off and you know his newfound health for a trip to Dubai with his family and friends hanging out. And the Caps will be back on the ice tomorrow. We'll see if uh, Ovi can make it seven goals in seven games. Just happy that the Ovi tracker is uh, actually being updated. It's right, been, yeah, it's, it's a great it's point. It's been a bit lonely as of late. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna do uh, our moral victory of the week. Was an actual victory, but no good. Ball tipped, picked up by Shulga, and that is going. Let's see. To do it. Ball game. Rams win. Rams win. Rams uh, is that you taking a shot at Robbie Robinson for <laughs> no, his no, hesitation no, no. on the call? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but it's it's. I had to throw in the Rams here somewhere. Great win over Dayton. I, I know you were happy even though you couldn't be there. But a good game from the Rams. Yeah, I mean, I understand Robbie's hesitation because when I was watching it live, I was like, oh, Shogar got fouled with .3 seconds left. There's no way the game's over. But everyone is celebrating, and then the refs go, oh, game over, whatever. All right, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, now we're going to go uh, to my new favorite, which is the play call of the week. And uh, it's a quick one here. Curry! What was that? <laughs> that was a Steph Curry shot. I'll play the whole one, but. Okay. <laughs> God, he hit it. Point seven to go. Curry. <laughs> Just the <laughs> excitement there for Curry. And this oh. was a, this was a close call for me. Uh, a the first touchdown from San Francisco, where he spends about ten seconds <laughs> getting saying that touchdown, San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah, and that, that'll yeah. play on the greater bit of audio there. Uh, and final shoutouts. I'm going to give big play performer of the week. Uh, this is a tie between Mahomes obviously, and uh, DeMontis Sabanis for getting his 50th triple-double, 11th player to do that. And uh, game-winning moment of the week will be the Chiefs' final drive in overtime. Yeah, good call. All right. So we're going to play the final bit of audio of some of the best plays, some things I didn't mention, and uh, that is all I have. Is there anything you think I'm missing? Play to win. Purdy going to throw a double pass. Back to Juwan Jennings. A throwback across the field to McCaffrey. He's got it. 20, 10, 5, touchdown! San Francisco! 
Townsend goes down and now picked up by McCullough. He fumbles it! He fumbles the punt! A muff punt! And Kansas City's got the football! Bernie throws it is caught by Juwan Jennings. Breaks a tackle. Touchdown! The kick is blocked! The kick is blocked! This could be advanced! Play action fake. Right side throw! Touchdown! Kansas City! The Chiefs' kingdom has started its own history class! Because for the first time in 6,944 days, there is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion. Play it out wide. Strom drops it. Ovechkin feeds to the front. Deflection. Score! The captain strikes again. Carlson this way. Ovechkin one time. He scores! Alex Ovechkin. Out of the zone. Here's Ovechkin looking for the empty net. He got it. He scores. Alex Ovechkin. The goal streak alive. Tatum deep. Over to his left. They blitz at him with Wilson, a rookie. Five on the shot clock. Tatum lines him up. Takes the three. Swish. And with it left side. Spins away from Simons. Gets by Grant. Reverse layup is good. And there's the second. 40-point game of the season for Anthony Edwards. Back inside, Sabonis slips inside and scores. The Joker didn't see him sneak down the paint. Love knocks it down. Timeout. I think that'll do it for Milwaukee. Bounce pass over to Curry. Steps and fires a three. It's up and good! He hit it! Point seven to go! Curry! It's going to beat Virginia and Charlottesville for just the second time in their basketball history. Bounces to Couture. He can't hit He'll try a three. Yes! Out to Shoga. Shoga to Nelson. Nelson at three left side. Yes, sir! Oh, my! Jackson comes away. VCU going left to right. Jackson in transition layup. Give it to him! Zap Jackson. He'll go coast to coast. No good. Ball tip. Picked up by Shoga. And that is going. Let's see. To do it! Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910. You can be the coach or point guard of this segment. Call AWOD. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. You can tweet us at 910thefan or at AWOD Radio. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on air. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is our buddy Chris Miles. What's going on, Chris? Oh, uh, you know, man, NBA All-Star Weekend, just the normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's going to be a good one. Anytime we get you on the show, we got to go on the fast break with AWOD talking all things NBA. Let's go. Let's play some basketball here. We're going on a fast break with A1. From buzzer-beating shots to the best highlight plays from around the league, every clutch moment. Stroking it from three. The all-stars of the league. We're out in transition. It's a breakaway. It's good at the buzzer. It's the fast break and AWOD talking all things NBA. All right, before we get to the All-Star festivities, from the first half of the NBA season, are you more surprised by Cleveland being number two in the East or Minnesota being number one in the West? Man, uh, Minnesota for sure, because Cleveland finished fourth in the East last year. And if you phrased it like 
you know, when Cleveland had their injuries to Evan Mobley and Darius Garland, I think we all thought they were cooked. Um, but Donovan Mitchell really stepped up in that time period. Same for Jared Allen. But if you look at their roster and the improvement they made with the shooting added and George Niang, Sam Merrill, um, you know, Matt Struess from the Miami Heat, who played every game in the regular season for them last year, you kind of thought like, okay, they addressed the need. They should be a better team. But I think for Minnesota to be sitting in first, I mean, you knew they would be competitive. But first place has to be a surprise to everyone. Chris Miles from NBA TV with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You know, I, I was telling a story earlier this week about in, in my childhood, every All-Star weekend, you know, I'd have my Nerf hoop set up and I'd run around the basement pretending to be Pejo Stojakovic, pretending to be Nate Robinson. What are a few of your favorite mo- memories growing up watching the All-Star weekend? Man, you said Pedro, you want you thought you were Pedro Stoyakovich, right? <laughs> I did, uh, yeah. <laughs> and who'd you say the other guy? That's that's like an interesting one. Nate Robinson. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm sure when you look in the mirror you're like, Yes, I am Nate Robinson. It must have been because he was short. Um yeah. <laughs> but for me the like you know, I mean the All Star game was always cool, but when Magic Johnson uh first, you know, was diagnosed with AIDS and then or uh, HIV, um, and then he came in and, like, came back to the All-Star game. It just felt electric. Like, it was this moment in time. And he hit this three-pointer. I felt like it was iconic when I watched it. Michael Jordan was in his prom. I mean, that I think it was the 92 All-Star game. It was the one that, like, first stood out to me. And then the early 2000s, like, Stephon Marbury and Allen Iverson were going at it at the end of the game. It was amazing. So, um, when I think way back, those are, like, my first impressions. But the slam dunk contest over the past like decade has had some really great moments with Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. So I think now we're living in the time of the three-point contest. I think that's like the, the big hurrah right now for All-Star Weekend. Yeah, no, you're right about uh, Zach Levine's year because I actually interviewed a, a VCU basketball player earlier this week and asked him his favorite memory growing up and that's the the Aaron Gordon Zach Levine one is the one that uh, he brought up as you know made me feel old uh, Chris so uh, let me ask you this what uh, what's your work schedule this weekend I'm actually I lost I lost you Chris say that again oh okay can you hear me yeah yeah I got you now (laughs) no no I was saying I'm off this weekend which was, okay. uh, you know, it's kind of good to have a couple of days to just relax. So I'm going to just enjoy the festivities and get back to work uh, as soon as the guys are back in the regular season. Awesome. Why don't you give us a little preview of uh, the excitement you're expecting for Saturday night? Yeah, man. I mean, if I look at Saturday night and I go, who do I think is going to win the three-point contest? you got two previous champions and Carl Anthony Towns and Damian Lillard. You'd go, one of those two guys. But I'm going to tell you, man, for the way that the three-point contest is set up, like you notice Carl Anthony Towns has that relaxed shot. It's made for Tyrese Halliburton and his slingshot. <laughs> like that quick release, you know, the lack of like a jump in effort in every shot. Uh, he's the one that I really think could win the three-point contest. And for the dunk contest, I'm like, what? Jalen Brown is in this? Like here's an all-NBA player. We've been getting all these like no-name guys or like G League guys like Mac McClung. Um, I'm, like, interested to see what he has. But on the low, I've been told Jaime Jaquez Jr., who seems like this, you know, really good, well-rounded basketball player, I went and watched some of his high school, like, dunks. 
I'm like, oh, this guy got some serious bounce that he doesn't show in NBA games. I feel like he's the sleeper in that one. I'm glad you brought up Halliburton because earlier this week, that's the guy that I circled as a guy that I think could could definitely win this year's three-point contest. When it comes to Mac McClung, uh, the dunk contest, I mean, he was thrust onto the national stage last year winning the dunk contest, you know, and it was incredible. I'm wondering, you know, what kind of tricks he has up his sleeve for this year. That's the thing. I'm like, all right, did he show us everything? I just watched this interview from him, and he's like, yeah, I got more stuff. I mean, he's you got to think. He's been like a slam dunk champion his entire life. So he's probably been creative and in the gym so much that he's got a lot of stuff still in his bag. But I just don't see him being able to duplicate what he did last year, uh, taking a slam dunk contest by storm. And then explain to me, how is this competition between Steph Curry and Sabrina Ionosca going to go down? Yeah, it looks like that's a separate competition, which I'm like, oh, well, why wouldn't she just compete in a three-point contest? You know, Steph has done this before. Uh, a DMV native, AZ Fudd, when she was in high school, almost beat Steph in a three-point contest. You can look it up online. <laughs> I think he needed to hit, like, uh, 22, and she hit, like, 21 in the final round. It was something ridiculous like that where he beat her by one. So, um, obviously, she's going to use the WNBA ball, Sabrina Nescu, and Steph's going to use an NBA ball, and he, she's going to use the WNBA three-point line. He's going to use the NBA three-point line. I mean, Anescu set the record, men or women, what was it, 21 or 22 consecutive made threes in a contest. Um, so, I think it's going to be really interesting to see those two go head-to-head. Chris Miles from NBA TV here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You're listening to 910 The Fan. Follow Chris on social media at Chris Miles TV, and you can check him out as a host on NBA TV. So uh, get us excited here for Sunday's, I believe it's the 73rd All-Star Game. Honestly, after last year, I don't have any words for you. It was the most terrible <laughs> basketball game I've ever seen, right? So, <laughs> man, I just hope these guys come out and compete because the previous couple of years we had some good games, especially with the Elam ending, um, you know, an all-star in Chicago. It just seems like we've gotten so far away from that. I was like, man, I guess that was five years ago, right? Um, and that was like an all-star game that was highly competitive. I just really want to see – um, someone come out and say, hey, let's play some defense. You know, I'm, I'm interested in the Rising Stars game, and hopefully those kids set the tone by having an actual good game uh, to get us ready for the All-Star weekend. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I, you can set the tone tonight with uh, good All-Star festivities here on a Friday night. Chris, have they ever asked you if you want to compete in the All-Star celebrity game? I think they're afraid of the smoke, man. I mean, you know, I've been playing with Ben <laughs> Howard and Jamal Crawford recently. Um, you know, I think they, I think they know. Like, oh, you know what they should have? They should have a broadcasters tournament so I can come out on top. You know, and win that thing. Yeah, there we go. And then you can send me an invite. You, we always love having you on the show, and you always tell some really cool stories about working there in Atlanta at NBA TV. Is there anything you wanted to share uh, with us today? Yeah, man. Well, well, I was just saying to you, uh, <clears throat> recently, I went to the gym to just, you know, go hoop. And I'm like, is that Dwight Howard? And I look, <laughs> it's like Dwight Howard. So I'm like, you know, I'm not going to say anything. Like, this guy's going through some things, so I'm going to let him, him walk. And I put my headphones in, and I start shooting around, and he comes over. He's like, hey, you want to run? I got you. I was like, oh, okay. So uh, it was Dwight Howard, Andre Bletch. Uh, then we had Jamal <laughs> Crawford and Mario West come out. Yeah, man, we We've had some good runs out here in Atlanta, so you never know what's going to happen. 
That's awesome. Andre Blotch, man, that's a blast from the past. What's he up to? I didn't recognize him. Um, he's about 100 pounds heavier, but he's still Ooh. playing. He's playing overseas with Dwight, so there's that. Oh, very cool. Man, well, it's always fun to have you on the show, Chris. Thanks so much for the time, man. We appreciate it. All right. That's Chris Miles from NBA TV. We go way back. Used to work with him uh, from my time at 106.7 The Fan. He was doing work at NBC Sports Washington and NBC4 in D.C. And I love to see the success that he's had now with NBA TV. Final segment of the week coming up next. You don't want to miss it. I'll tell you the craziest thing I just found out that Gen Z is doing. I hope Stubbs not doing it. We'll find out next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for VCU basketball. Ram Nation, you know you can hear every game on 910 The Fan as the Rams are in St. Louis for a tilt against the Billikens tonight at 7 p.m. Go to Richmond.com right now. Our buddy Zach Joachim has a really good article about Michael Bell's commitment and embracing his role as a defensive specialist here at VCU. Once he gets going on the offensive end, the Rams are basically going to be unstoppable. Uh, But I did mention during the break there I wanted to get to uh, a topic that I saw on the New York Post, which is the producer Bible here in the radio industry. All the best controversial topics come from there. And Stubb, the 90s called, they want their phones back, (laughs) is what they say. They say Gen Z has an infinity for making old things new again. And the enchantment with the early 2000s technology, ditching iPhones for flip phones, bringing back digital cameras, using iPad minis as hair clips, and buying vintage iPads from 2007. Well, do you know what their next target is, Stub? What is their next target? Bringing back corded landline phones because they think they're cool and they say, quote, I love to twirl the cord. Now, no, that's you so never real. grew up with a landline phone, That's right? not true. Oh, you did have yeah. one. All right. Did you use it? Yeah. You, you call yeah. you call your friend's mom, say, hey, can you come over for a play yeah. date? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. By the end of 2022, 72.6% of adults lived in households without a landline. Uh, so I remember growing up with the landline. You're right. I used to call my buddy Matt across the street, and I'd be so nervous if his dad picked up. He'd <laughs> yeah. be like shaking. Yeah. Uh, okay. is, is, is Matt available? And his dad'd be like, "No, Matt's cleaning his room. Don't call Adam." You know. But no, sometimes classic. Matt would be available, and we'd go hang out in the street and and hang out outside. But yeah, uh, 2000s, 2000s nostalgia is huge right now. And I did think it was funny uh, seeing this article here with a lot of pictures of Gen. People they love the landline. I having the landline here at work uh, for the first time in a long time. Being messing with one of them, I love yeah. fiddling with the cord. That, <laughs> really, <laughs> I yeah. love fiddling with the cord. I'm always <laughs> I'm always uh, fidgeting with it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things to to mess with here in the studio. Yeah, it, it is. It's a good bit, man. And look, I, I, love, I love talking it. about nostalgia. Uh, I I used to love 
the the corded the corded phone. Now, when I was real young, when I was like six or seven, we had the we had a phone in the basement that you had to turn the knob Ooh, for each number, yeah. right? You had to like put your finger in the six and spin it all the way, and it used to take forever yep. to <laughs> dial somebody. Like think, once you dialed the phone number, you, you were hoping to hit redial, so you didn't have to do the damn thing again. I think I um, had like a toy that was that, but I've never <laughs> actually called someone with one of those. But yeah, uh, no, it was absolutely. fun to play with. But uh, while we're you know doing a little throwback thing, I saw this on social media, and this is a game that every '90s kid, I believe, used to play on long car rides. All right, okay. that's in the rain. You're watching the raindrops through oh, the yeah. window as they fall down the outside of the window. You'd pick one wa- raindrop and stick with it, and that was your champion in the race of all races to get to the bottom of the window. Uh, kids you, these days don't know about why, that excitement stuff. No, why are you stuff? excluding this to 90s kids? I'm you sure played that game? Oh, of I course just, I played that I game. I just assumed that anytime you went on a long car ride with your parents, you had an iPad or an iPhone. No, I never had an iPad, and I didn't have an iPhone until I was like 15, 16. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. So, do you know this game? If yeah, I of said I, I spy, what about this one? If I say I spy with my blank, fill it in. Little I. What? I spy with my little eye. Yes, I know that was that a game. good bit Everyone, too. Anyone that's been in a car with their parents knows that game. <laughs> you're, you're, you're Maybe I'm thinking back. that you're younger than you actually are. I mean, because yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was born right <laughs> in the 2000s. So, I mean, like iP- iPods hit. You know, like the classic wheel in the middle hit, like yeah. for my young age demographic. But in terms of like screens and that kind of thing, I am old enough that I avoided growing up on those. Did you have a Game Boy, or were you too old for that? Uh, or were you so too I, young? For I that? wasn't too young. I, I guess I could have had like a Game Boy Advance, but I grew up DS. Ah, uh, what is that? Nintendo. Yeah, DS, Nintendo right? DS. Yeah. 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 No, I remember when my Game Boy was black and white. You know, yeah, my class, original yeah. version. Well, they they were more green than anything. Yeah, no, it's very <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah, my fi- my first favorite game was uh, Mario's Tennis. I loved that. That's game. a classic. That was a, that a was classic. a classic game. Yeah, what's think, the classic game for you? I think my roommate has a a, a Game Boy actually. Uh, classic. My classic DS car game was probably Mario Kart. Mario yeah. Kart DS. I, I anytime because that was great. If you're going on a a field trip, you probably never got this, but if you're going on a field trip, you're in eighth grade. Everyone brings their DSs on. And you can all link up and play the same game of Mario Kart on the bus ride to the to the zoo. Oh no! Nothing no, no. like it. No, we would be sitting in the back of the bus, and anytime there was a slight bump, you'd jump up and try to fly <laughs> into the ceiling. All well, right. we, we'd have and a one time we got kicked <laughs> off the bus for doing that because we... my friend Evan hit the ceiling <laughs> and made a really loud noise. The guy had to pull over. It, you know, it, actually speaking of that, I, the craziest thing happened on the, on a ride home from school one day, and I'm I, nothing against bus drivers, but this guy might have been drunk. He turned the corner sharp, and he hit a stop sign. And I just, like, vividly remember how loud that was when it smashed the window, and we were all so scared. (laughs) Yeah, well, there started to be an issue with the DSs because there was a software everyone could use where you'd be all in the same chat room together, and you could draw Uh little pictures and uh, send them to each other, and everyone on the bus would see them. And uh, to say the least, people started drawing uh, some things that they shouldn't be drawing <laughs> on, a, on a school bus ride with fellow eighth graders. Oh, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah. My buddy was known for, he had a, an iPad that was filled with porn. And they would, they would watch it. Yeah, no, literally. I wasn't on that bus. I, I was jealous that I wasn't on that bus. But they would say, yeah, we're watching Redskins highlights. Because the bus driver one time came to the back of the bus because he knew there was something crazy going on. And so that was the bit for the rest of the school year was, oh, yeah, we're just watching Redskins highlights. <laughs> Someone was hitting the skins. That's oh, dude, going school, on. school bus rides were, were great. I, were I do epic. miss. I mean, obviously, 
that once I was able to drive to school, I never looked yeah. back and never thought about oh, getting yeah. on a bus again. But there are some memories there. Oh yeah, if you had, uh, if you had, like, uh, you know, if you had your driver's license, you were still riding the bus. You were just a loser. I mean, at that point, <laughs> you know, you had to drive to school. You had to find a way. If you weren't driving yourself, you had to find somebody you had to, find to drive somebody. you to school. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, you just I've, couldn't I've be on friends. the bus as a senior anymore. Yeah, I was lucky. My, I went to school with my sister, who was older than me. So freshman year, she drove me. I don't think I rode the bus to high school once in my entire entire time there. It was. Ah. <laughs> it, I was lucky. <laughs> All right, here on the final segment of the day, it's a new segment we're doing every single day uh, following the NFL season that's highlighting the biggest sporting events in our mind going on later tonight. It's a VCU game day, so that's what I'm going with here on Game Day. Every day on AWOD Radio is game day. Home of the biggest sports fans in town at 910 The Fan. There's always something to watch. We will spotlight the best sporting event of the day here on Game Day. Yeah, right back and I'm here. I got the whole team in here now. It's feeling like game day in this game day. We are the underdogs of the year. We ranking number one on the list. We put in overtime, so we ready for overtime at the clock. Give it his game day. Game day. Game day. And I'm fired up for VCU basketball. Two of the guys from the Black Gold Fan Podcast are in St. Louis. Stuff. They just sent me a photo. They had some incredible barbecue for lunch. Ooh. It's a blizzard in St. Louis right Is now. It? As the Rams take on the Billikens tonight, 7 p.m. You can hear it right here. Uh, at 6.15, pregame coverage begins. And look, after Richmond dropped that home game to UMass, VCU legit controls their own destiny and can be A-10 regular season champs once again. The only problem... No slip-ups allowed. They've got to take care of business against St. Louis and then on the road against UMass uh, before returning home for two games, St. Joseph's and Rhode Island. They still have Richmond and Dayton on the road on their schedule, so it's not going to be easy. But, I mean, this is just incredible. A team that lost you know, seven of their leading scorers from last year Entered the transfer portal, brought in Shulga, brought in Barristow, got Joe Bamisil to be eligible. Zeb Jackson and Christian Furman have both improved this year, and we're talking about a team that is looking to probably guarantee a double buy in the A-10 tournament, a top-four seed, and could actually be crowned A-10 regular season champs once again. VCU Hoops, every game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan. Stubb, what are you going to watch tonight? Game day. Game day. Game day. Uh, you guys were just talking about it last segment. I'm watching the All Star Game, or I'm wa- right. I, I, or, like, or I'm with you, and I'm watching the VCU game. It, I know that the uh, celebrity match and VCU game are both starting at seven. Yeah. So I might have to flip between those two. Uh, probably get bored of the celebrity game pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Here's what I want you to do: is I want I want on Monday you be able to do a, a segment to tell us who's the better basketball player between. Micah Parsons and C.J. Stroud. Okay, I'll try that. I think I think I've uh, been forming some plans tonight, so uh, maybe I can get them to put the TV on in there. But Where, uh, where's, not, where's Stubby gonna go? You uh, coming out to River City Roll? Where no, I heading to the. Uh, I was. I got a text. We're ha- they're having a boys' night, so uh, oh. it's gonna be a, a house function. Uh, probably ah. not too big, but we'll see. I, I have no idea what it is yet. Gotta love a boys. Night. Gotta love a My, boys' night, right? Gotta love a boys' night, especially when when they bring out the Xbox or you bring out the beer pong or something like that. That was an underrated part of my Super Bowl party was. My girlfriend and I dominated everyone in beer pong. Oh yeah, undefeated, Love to never hear it. lost. Love to hear it. Yeah, and hey, no, maybe good. this weekend I might be going on a Tinder date. 
Oh, yeah, here we go, Stub. <laughs> here we go. Love it. All right, it's been a fun week of shows. Appreciate all the hard work from Stub running the ones and twos. Michael Phillips will be back next week, so looking forward to crosstalk with MP from MP on the mic. I'll see you guys on Monday. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.